Dear Father in heaven, in this very room, we invite your presence. We invite your angels to be with us. We invite your Holy Spirit to bring healing to us, not only physically, not only spiritually, but also emotionally. That you can bind up the wounds, Father, by the healing medicine of the Holy Spirit to bring us in unity that we may receive Jesus in greater power through our communication to one another. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As uh, as Slate has read the, the scripture this morning, we're looking at some very practical wisdom from the Word of God. And the chapter starts out in almost a humorous way, talking about communication. Communication. Communication with wisdom. And talking about the tongue. So I wanted to go back a little bit and just let's share a little bit more what this chapter has to talk about. So let's go to the first verse of James chapter 3. James 3, verse 1. And let's read a little uh, prelude to what uh, Slade just read. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things, If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bride the whole body. Bridle the whole body. And indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and turn their whole body. Look at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, a reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Who can tame the tongue? Only God can, right? Who can tame bad, bad blackie? Only God can do that. Amen. So God can tame our tongues as well, if we allow him to. Verse 9, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. We are Christians. We should not be cursing at one time and blessing on this side. No, it should always be blessings. Amen? Does a spring seed forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? 
Thus no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. We need wisdom in our communications. Amen? We need to show that Jesus is in our lives, and by our fruits, people shall know what kind of people we are. And it can happen at home. It can happen at the workplace. It can happen on the highway. I noticed I was <laughs> I was driving my car home one night, and I got on the freeway where I usually do at Morrill Road, and it's a nice long on-ramp, no problem. But I know that the next on-ramp is short, and cars pull out there going too slow, backs up the right lane. It's kind of a dangerous spot, and so I try to get into the fast lane as quick as I can. And so I kind of moved into the fast lane a little bit quicker than the car behind me wanted me to. And I kind of glanced in my rearview mirror, and I saw this hand kind of go up. And if I could have read his lips, I might have been embarrassed. But fortunately, I cannot read lips. But uh, the fruit of what's inside of us can be expressed sometimes uh, when we don't really mean to. And and in our families, sometimes we can say things we don't really mean, and it can be a very hurtful thing when words are said out of anger, out of frustration, out of pent-up bitterness that has been building and building for a long time, sometimes little tiny things will set off a burst of anger. It's like, wow, what just happened? Why did I say that? Why did this happen? And it may take years of therapy, or it may take a while to kind of figure out Why are we angry? Why are we bitter? Only God can heal the bitterness, the anger, or the frustration that sometimes comes out. And so we need to have God's wisdom to help us. We look at the wisdom of this earth, and we find that there is bitter envy. There is self-seeking in the hearts of men. Do we see that today? We sure do. We see people that boast and lie against the truth. This is a next year of politicians, and, you know, people are getting tired of politicians. They're starting to vote. They're in favor of those who are not politicians. Um, They've been lied to so much. This wisdom of the earth does not descend from above, but is earthly. It is sensual and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion everything, and everything evil are there. This is the world that we live in. Wouldn't it be nice to be in a new earth where there is no evil speaking, where there is no bitterness, no anger, uh, no self-seeking? I look forward to the new earth, don't you? And in the new earth, we will see from everyone wisdom that is pure, that is peaceable, that is gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality or without being partial to one over another, and without hypocrisy. 
Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He wants to build his kingdom in our hearts before we go to the new earth. Amen? And so in order for us to experience that oneness and joy, if we surrender our lives to him, we can have that new earth experience right in our very heart. And if we do that, our homes will be full of peace and happiness. Yes, we will make mistakes, but we will also will correct those as quickly as possible. We find that the fruits of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. They are peacemakers. This reminds me of the verse in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall what? They shall be called the sons of God. Would you like to be called the son of God, the daughter of God? Would you want to be part of his family? What a blessing it would be. He wants peacemakers to be a part of his family. Let's look at what the verses are telling us uh, about having wisdom in communication. First of all, pure, purity. What does purity mean? Purity means to be uncorrupted and untainted with selfishness or lust. It is pure. It's holy. In today's language, we would call it integrity. Integrity. You can trust a person with integrity, right? If you know this person has integrity, you can trust him. All good relationships are based on trust. Trust is based on truth. Trust is based on truth. You have to be trustworthy in any relationship of value. If you have a relationship and there is truthfulness, there is trust. There are people of integrity in that relationship. And if you are not trustworthy, if you are not honest in all things, then you do not value the relationship. Do you value the relationship with your wife, with your kids, with your church family? If you value that relationship, then you will be trustworthy and you will be honest. Peaceable. Wisdom is peace-loving. Foolish people like to fight. And Proverbs 20, verse 3 says, It is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. Any fool can start a quarrel. It takes a wise man, it takes a man with self-control to calm things down. When someone is yelling at you, cursing at you, it takes wisdom from above and his strength to speak softly and to calm them down. Uh, Tom, in prayer meeting, he was sharing that at work, sometimes someone will be upset, calling because they didn't get their order fast enough or something, you know, whatever. And they're angry on the phone. He says, the best way to calm down an angry customer is to say, how can I help you? What can I do to help you? You ignore maybe the cursing. You ignore the, the words that are coming out, the screaming. You look at what is causing this feeling. And when you look at that, then you can start to bring resolution. This is a peacemaker. This means <clears throat> don't argue. If you're a peacemaker, you're not going to argue. It takes two people to argue. If there's an argument between two people, 
50%, you know, is one, 50% is the other. It takes two people to argue. Also, don't push people's buttons. If you know that if you do something, you make them mad, you just push that button, pop, they explode. Well, uh, don't push their buttons and you'll be a lot better off. Stop comparing. Stop saying, why can't you do this better? Why can't you do it like so-and-so? Why can't you uh, be like someone else? I mean, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't lay on guilt. Don't scold someone. It's demeaning to be scolded, especially by another adult. It's like, man, am I a child? Why can't you talk to me like an adult? Don't scold and don't sweat the small stuff. We need to sit down and reason and find out what is wrong, what is causing these feelings, not listening to the words themselves. When uh, a baby cries... Uh, they can't communicate any other way, so they cry when they have some bad feelings. And so as a parent, and you have a toddler or a little baby, and they're crying, you need to find out what kind of feelings are they having to make them cry. Well, it's not too complicated. They may be hungry. Uh, they may be thirsty. They may be tired. They may need a nap. They may need to be changed. And so there are a few things, maybe too cold, too hot, but it's a few things. It's not that complicated, but it doesn't do any good to scream back at a screaming baby, does it? It doesn't do any good at all. <clears throat> you have to find out what is causing the baby to scream. What are the feelings that baby is happening? And so husbands, when your wife is screaming at you, okay, is she hungry? Is she too cold? <clears throat> what are causing these feelings? What, what is bringing out this frustration? What is causing her to feel this way? And if we get caught up in the words that are coming out like, well, you never pick up your clothes. Well, I did a, two months ago, I picked up my shirt and I put it in the closet. Well, you can't just look at the words. Why is she feeling this way? What are the frustrations that she is feeling? She, is she feeling like she does all the work in the house? Is she feeling like no one cares about her or what she's going through? What are causing these outbursts of feelings and that will help us give resolution to the problem? Proverbs 14, verse 29 says, He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Being slow to wrath, being try to calm things down, understand what is going on. Pray for that person who is angry or upset. Angry people are are uh, people that are that hurt people <clears throat> are hurting people themselves. Hurting people hurt people. If a person is hurting inside, they tend to hurt others because they are hurting inside. They are frustrated. They are, they feel helpless. They feel angry. Uh, they, they express themselves, uh, in ways that are, are not good. And unfortunately, these people need our prayers. They need understanding. They need resolution. They need to, to understand what they're saying. And sometimes it's hard to do that, but if, if sometimes you can just sit down with someone that, that feels frustrated and just listen. 
Listen to what they're saying. And then it helps to listen to them when you're actually looking at them. If you're watching TV and someone is talking to you about their problems, it doesn't do any good. If you're reading the newspaper or if you're texting to somebody else and they're saying, yeah, okay, it, it doesn't do any good. You have to eye contact, sit down, listen to what they're saying. And then if you can repeat back your own summary or paraphrase what they're saying, it helps you understand where they're coming from. And it helps the person that's frustrated to know that you really do know what they're talking about. So many times, if a person keeps talking about the same thing over and over again, it's because the other person was never listening. They never got it. They never understood it. And so if we can repeat back in our own words what they are saying so that we understand it and that they understand that we understand, then, okay, we can bring resolution. We can actually make some progress. But if you do not understand what the frustration is, it will continue and go and go and go. And everyone wants resolution. Amen. Next, gentle, willing to yield. Philippians 4, verse 5 says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. To me, this means that when we are gentle, the Lord is close by. The Lord is close by when we're gentle. If we are angry, if we are uh, saying mean things, we grieve away what? The Holy Spirit. So being gentle invites the Spirit to stay with us, to give us understanding, give us the words. We can pray for the Lord to guide us, and he will supply all our needs. Uh, Tammy gave a wonderful story of how angels supplied her needs when she was lost in Sacramento. In fact, my wife and I were going to the mountains one time. We got into San, it was, excuse me, Sacramento. And there were times a few years ago, it was so confusing how to get to the right place. We stopped at a gas station and it was kind of a scary part of town. I know what she was feeling. Um, so God can supply all your needs. He is close by. Keep praying. He will be there. He will send angels if he needs to. <clears throat> Next, mercy. Being full of mercy. Our God is a God of mercy. And when we allow God to be in our minds, we will be merciful. Remember what God has done for us, how he has been merciful to us, because if we remember that, then we will show mercy to others. Psalms 103, verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And as a father, father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. It is good for us to remember how merciful and loving our Father in heaven is. And when we receive him into our hearts and minds, it becomes more natural for us to be merciful because he is living within us.
Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I believe that when we allow God to be in our mind as he was in Christ Jesus, then we will show mercy to others. We will be gentle to others. We will be peaceable. We will be peacemakers. And we will have pure thoughts. We have the mind of God in us. There will be the good fruits of allowing God to live within us through the Holy Spirit. As natural as a tree grows apples, we can reveal God's character if we can continually allow him to live within us. An apple tree grows really well when it has a rich soil. All the nutrients, all the organic matter in the the soil helps the tree pull it up and make delicious fruit. The tree also needs sunlight, and it needs water to nourish it. A Christian needs the roots his roots, deep into the soil of the word of God. This is where the strength comes. Our foundation, our roots comes in the truth, in the word of God. We must feed upon the word of God daily in order for us to be strong. The daily light of Christ's righteousness and truth is very important for us to grow. We need to turn ourselves towards that light, towards Jesus, and receive his tremendous Strength, his righteousness. He has taken away our filthy rags and put upon himself on the cross. And when God looks at us, his children, he sees the robe of Christ's righteousness. He doesn't see our sins. They are cast away into the depths of the sea. Jesus has taken our filthy rags. He has given us the, the righteousness. So we need to look upon him daily to receive that righteousness from him. And then we need to have the the living water to refresh us, to wash away our sins, to give us strength. This will give us a relationship with Jesus, which is so important, because without knowing Jesus, without having a relationship with him, we cannot have meaningful relationships with anybody else. We must know Jesus. We must have his relationship first. And then as we become one in Christ, then we can be in unity. Just a side note, uh, Terrence gave me a, a link to go to a website with Doug Batchelor, and he was talking about this movement called the John 17 Movement of Unity and how that the, the, Episcop- uh, the uh, uh, Protestants, evangelicals are getting together along with the, uh, the Catholic Church trying to bring unity The Pope is saying we want to to heal the wound of the Catholic Church. And Doug Batcher said, this is prophetic. The Bible of Revelation talks about the deadly wound being healed. This is happening before our eyes. We are living in the end days. And we need to have the righteousness of Jesus live within us more now than ever before. Amen? Also, the Bible talks about no partiality. Don't be partial to one another. We need to treat others as we like to be treated ourselves. We need to be fair with all people. We need to be consistent in our Christian life. It talks about no hypocrisy. We need to be sincere Christians all the time. We need to have a genuine Christ-like behavior all the time. In other words, 
We have to be real, be real Christians at home, on the highways, at work, wherever we are, we need to be real. If there's a problem, don't try to cover up, cover it up, try to give it to the Lord and work it up. Talk it over, work out the resolution with his power and work on good communication and respect one another. At the camp meeting uh, this last summer, my wife and I went uh, there all week, and uh, we went to a seminar put on by Carlton Oler. It's O-L-E-R. He's a licensed psychologist. Uh, He has a doctorate, a Ph.D., uh, he has uh, all these other degrees, uh, NHSP, MAC, Mac, I think that's a computer, uh, BCPCC. You have to be a licensed psychologist to know what this is talking about. <clears throat> but he, uh, uh, he has so much knowledge and he was sharing so many great things uh, to us, his experience as a family counselor and communication. And he said, it's so important for a family to have respect. He said, respect is fertilizer for the family. And he was saying that he made an acronym uh, out of the word respect. And so R stands for resist name-calling, resist fighting, and cutting one another off. And so when we are in a discussion, uh could be a little heated, but try to resist name-calling. When someone is speaking, let them speak their piece and say, okay, I'll let you say your, your what's bothering you. Let me say what's bothering me, and don't cut one another off. Sometimes just that communication, he said in his, his counseling sessions, he gave these rules that each person will be allowed to talk. You know, he gave them a certain amount of time, and his father, you know, the mother, the kids, he says, does that sound fair? And the kid goes, yeah, yeah. It's like they were always being cut off. They were never allowed to express themselves. So allowing one another to express, to talk it out, sometimes solves the problems just by that alone. E stands for express appreciation for one another. In the family, expressing appreciation is so important. It's so important to hit, for the kids to hear appreciation from their parents. Say, hey, you picked up your room, you took out the trash. Thank you for helping in the kitchen. Thank you for doing this. Appreciation helps so much. There is a book called Whale Done, W-H-A-L-E, Whale Done, that uh, I was given to read by a, uh, uh, um, an office, uh, a dental um, consultant. He said, this would be a really good thing for the office to really show appreciation to your staff more often because it's so easy to look at what they're doing wrong, how they can improve. And sometimes we forget to show appreciation. This book is showing how that trainers, how they train these huge 20-ton whale whales to do tricks and things like that. How do you teach a whale to do a trick? Well, it's through showing uh, appreciation when they do something right. They give them a, some, a treat, some food. They, they train them through positive feedback. In our families, if we show positive feedback more often, we'll see more good behavior. Number S stands for share in the lives of one another. If we listen to each other, how is your day? How are things going? When you come home from work, spend a little time talking about your day. Listen to one another. It really helps to just kind of talk things out and just 
kind of uh, gets some feedback as to what happened. It really helps the relationship in your home. Number P stands for pray for mutual respect and for one another. Praying for one another, praying with one another is so important in a relationship. It's something that Joe and I discovered last year at the prayer conference in Wawona. We started spending more time in prayer together, and it's just transformed my life and her life as well. It transformed her life because my life is transformed now. She's happy that I'm transformed. But it helps the whole, the whole marriage. It helps the family. Because when we pray together, God can work, and he works out those problems in our lives. E stands for Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It reads, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Sometimes we feel that they need to for they need to ask for forgiveness because they said something that offended us, and so they need to ask for forgiveness first, and then then I can forgive. But that doesn't work very well. Uh, be the bigger person. Ask for forgiveness first. You may not feel that you've done anything wrong, but you definitely have some hard feelings, and so you can ask for forgiveness for being a part of those hard feelings. The Holy Spirit will prompt your mind as to, yeah, maybe you could have asked forgiveness for this. Pray about that. The Lord will guide you. But be forgiving is so important to bring resolution and uh, reconciliation with the family. Number C stands for close the avenues of the soul, eyes, ears, mouth, to unwholesome and negative influences. Close the avenue of the television when it's full of unwholesome negative influences. Close the avenues of the music, the MTV, the even you know Facebook or, or Instagram. If these things are consuming your time, then close things, close those things down because they, even though they may not be that negative, when it takes time away from real communication. It takes time away from worship, from devotions. It's not a good thing. He spoke uh, one seminar just on the trap of technology and how it has caused uh, so many problems. California has a law you can't even uh, hold your phone in your hand while you're driving because it's so dangerous. So many people have died because they were texting. And uh, they can't even you can't even use your uh, your your phone for a GPS. Is that right, Faustino? I think I heard about that. Yeah. And so <clears throat> even that you you cannot use your phone in the car. And but people still do it. I was uh, just at the bank yesterday, and this lady was coming around the corner with a with a uh, with a phone at her at her ear, talking, smiling, trying to turn this corner. I'm going, whoa, this could be dangerous. But people just can't stop. It's really dangerous. So. Uh, guard, guard that. Number T, take time to listen, to understand, rather than, than to what to respond. In other words, think about what they're saying, what feelings are coming behind those words, rather than focusing on your re- rebuttal, on what you're going to say next. Focus on what's causing these, these, uh, these feelings. What, why is this person hurting? Why are they frustrated? Don't listen to the words that closely. It's, it's the big picture you have to look at. Why is this happening? 
And then I think you'll, you'll have better communication in the family, and that is wisdom. Jesus, when he was with his disciples, had to deal with the sons of thunder. He had to deal with a, a fisherman who liked to swear, and he even denied that he knew him at his trial. He had to deal with people that doubted him, doubted his word, like Thomas. <clears throat> there are problems that Jesus felt during this time, and at, at communion, when uh, the Last Supper, when he was at the table with his disciples, uh, they were so busy fighting among themselves, they forgot to get a servant to wash their feet. And uh, I don't know if you've been at camp meeting and walked around in sandals, but it's pretty dusty at camp meeting, and your feet get really dusty. And I'm, so I'm sure that in the days of Jesus, when they had to walk along these roads, their feet were pretty dusty. And think of Jesus walking on the dust and the dirt of these highways, picking up this grime, like sin, trying to attack him, touch him, to dissuade him. Wouldn't it be nice to, to wash the feet of Jesus, to soothe his feet, take off those, the dirt that's on his feet? Would have been something to be able to wash the wounds on his forehead. He was beaten by the soldiers on his back. Uh, the flesh was torn. Would have been something to minister to him, to give him some medicine, to take away the pain, to help him through that time. But you know, no one was able to to wash him and clean him after he died on the cross for our sins. And then it was too late. The Bible says that, as you uh, have done it to the least of my brethren, even so you have done it unto me. And so, if there are those <clears throat> in your family, in your, in your group, uh, whether you work or, or whatever, if they are hurting, if uh, they picked up some dirt on their feet through life, uh, bad experiences, bad choices. If you can help them and soothe them, wash their feet, be a servant to them, listen to them, it's like doing it to Jesus. And if we can partake as a servant as he's been to us, then we'll find that our lives will be transformed. We're not going to be listening to the screaming. We'll be listening for What's behind this person feeling so bad? Why are they crying out in pain? When someone on the highway is frustrated, uh, we'll try to be polite and let them go first. We'll try to be courteous on the highways, be safe on the highways. We'll be safe at the place where you work. People will feel safe to talk to you because you're not going to scold them. You're going to listen to them, work out a resolution. All these practical things we can use to the glory of God, amen? And our families, I think, will be much happier because of it. Our church family will be more united. And I really believe as we come close to the end of time, our church family has to kind of come together a little bit closer. And as we do that, I believe the Holy Spirit and the greatest power this earth has ever seen 
that will fall upon our church family, and we will see miracles. We will see the glory of God work in a mighty way. This comes about by working out differences between one another, bringing resolution, bringing reconciliation. And this week, if if the Holy Spirit impresses you that you need to do something to make things right, I encourage you to do that before you bring an offering next Sabbath. For the Bible says that it's better to leave your offering at the altar and go make things right before you come back and give your offering. So think about this week. What can you do to make things better? Is there somebody hurting in your family? Whether or not it's your fault or not, try to work out a way for resolution and reconciliation. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Our time is gone, but let's ask God's blessing uh, upon our our word today. Dear Father in heaven, I ask that you will bring a blessing upon our church family. And there, there may be a Blackie, the, the bad, bad cat, in our midst here, maybe in our hearts, in our minds, maybe a bad experience that has caused some pain, some frustration. But by the, the word of God, by your grace, by your mercy, you can transform us to being a gentle, loving person, just like a gentle, furry cat that purrs. I pray, Father, that you will help us to be like a purring cat, gentle and loving to one another, that we we may receive the Holy Spirit in greater power. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.